So, Jill, firstly, uh, welcome as a brand ambassador for Forever UK. Thank you. We're very excited to uh, have you on board. Thank you. So our, uh, our FBOs can get to know you better. Well, I'd just uh, try and explore a little bit about your background, and uh, I know you grew up in the north. Mm -hmm. I'm particularly interested in, um, you're now involved, obviously, at a very high level in, in, in football, which has predominantly been a man's world. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about uh, that journey. When did you first develop a passion for football? Yeah, I think people always ask us when I made the decision to play football, but I feel like I've just always played football. I never felt like there was a decision to be made. Um, it was difficult at first when I was seven, eight, nine year old because it was it was it was a boys' game and I was the only girl at school playing, and I used to get a little bit of stick because I was better than a lot of the boys, and the parents didn't like it. But there was such a passion for football in the northeast. Everywhere you went, people were going to Sunderland games and Newcastle games, and I was fortunate enough that my granddad used to take us to the to the Sunderland games. I had a season ticket, um, and yeah, it was ju it was just my life. But I so never did you actually start off playing in the boys' team. Yeah, so I was in okay. the boys' teams, um, and then I got to the age of nine, and I remember coming home in tears one day, saying, "Oh, they won't let us play with the boys anymore because there was a rule where girls couldn't play with boys." and I remember my mum saying, well, you might have to go and play netball or something like that. And yeah. no disrespect to netball, I, I just wanted to play football. And I remember being in tears and then we found a local girls team. Um, it was Bolden Girls at the time. And yeah, it was it was a great moment for me the other day because we played at Middlesbrough and we had like 30,000 people there. And my first ever manager when I was nine year old, he was there and he brought 200 girls along oh, wow. um, from girls teams now. So that kind of shows the progression that the, the club's made. You must have been really passionate back then to, uh, you know, face all the negativity of being the only girl in the team. Were there any other girl players at all? The, there wasn't when I was the when I was at the boys' team. I was the only girl. So that was when I was when I was younger. Um, and yeah, it was it was hard. I remember I used to get a lot of stick. Um, but one thing I always say is I used to always pick my football boots back up on a Tuesday after the weekend and go training because I just wanted to train and I wanted to play football. And I'm still like that little girl now, even though I'm I'm 32 now. I still feel like that young girl that just loves training and love being out on the grass. Did you always know that you could make a career from football? Was that the sole focus or was there a plan B? No, no, I didn't actually. Obviously, I used to follow the England women's team um, religiously. I used to get into, I even remember getting into college when I was 16, 17 and I'd check the results on a Monday and see how they'd been doing. But yeah, the, the journey wasn't always easy. I, I got into England under 16s when I was 14, wow. um, but I only went away once and I wasn't good enough. I, I there was probably about 30 girls away and I never got selected again then for, for four years. So I think that shows that like people can progress at different times and I always feel like I was faced with a choice then. Do I go away and train, keep working hard or kind of give up on this dream? But there wasn't really a career. I never thought, oh, I'm going to play fo football and make money or anything like that. I just That was all I did. I, ju I just played football. I went to school, probably should have stuck in a little bit more than I did, but I was just obsessed with football. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about the career progression then. You you played England under 16, didn't yeah. you, in the squad? Yeah. To start off with, what, was, what club were you playing for then? So I was playing at Sunderland and then I made a decision that I would have to probably move to play, play top league football. So I had an opportunity to go to Everton. 
okay. um, which meant travelling from Sunderland to Liverpool. Um, yeah, like three times a week. I remember it was 176 miles one journey because I had to fill in my expense form. Um, and yeah, I, I did that three times a week. I worked as a coach up in Sunderland, but I knew in order to progress and try and get into the England team, I needed to be playing in the top league. So made a lot of sacrifices um, and then it worked out for us. I got a call up to the England under-19s, played there for a year. And then just as my time was coming to an end, because I was too old, there was an injury in the first team and I got called into a camp and then... Yeah, I've stayed in the squad ever since, which I think was 13 years ago now. That's some sacrifice because other girls of your age at that time would have been out on the town yeah, with yeah. their friends and you're committed to driving across the country three times a week and playing. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I always say on a weekend, there'd, there'd be invites. Do you want to come and do this? Do you want to come and do that? And yeah. you know that weekends are a, a no-go. That's when the most important part of the week is for us. We, we have to play our games and... Uh, obviously the training in the week as well but when I look at the position I'm in now I've, I feel so fortunate um, seeing us for example in a, in a couple of weeks we're selling out Wembley um, and I never ever thought that would happen and to hopefully be involved in that game um, it'll just be a, a massive moment for women's football and as I say the journey kind of all seems to make sense now when you, you're representing your country in World Cups, European Championships um, it's certainly unbelievable Yeah so from Everton, what happened next? <laughs> Everton, then I, I stayed there for seven years, um, represented England for seven years as well at that time. was fortunate enough to go to two World Cups um, and then I went to Manchester City after that. So the opportunity came along where everybody talked about, oh, Manchester City, um, they're going to attract people because of money and stuff like that. But Everton weren't full-time. Um, so I wasn't training every single day. I still had to do my own stuff. And Manchester City presented this opportunity where we would be full-time professionals. So when I first went, I would say, oh, we'll get our breakfast and our kit's all washed. <laughs> and I remember the manager saying, Jill, you deserve this. Stop saying that in interviews. Like, you, you deserve to be getting this. So, yeah, it was the training facilities, um, the methodology of the club and uh, training full-time that really made us want to join Manchester City and... I've been there now six years and I finally fulfilled my lifetime ambition of winning the league, which took about 14 years of playing top level football. But yeah, it was a proud moment. And yeah, now I'm currently still playing. Um, it hurts a lot more after a game than it did when I was 13, 14 year old. But yeah, I just love playing the game of football. When I met you, I think last time anyway, you were just about to leave for the for the World Cup. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about that experience. I thought you played brilliantly, by the way, across <laughs> Thanks. all the games. I watched them all. Thank and you. And I thought also the World Cup did big things for, for women's football, really big things. It was, I was amazed how many of my friends are saying, I'm watching the games, it's brilliant, the standard's amazing. Yeah. It was great publicity. Yeah, I think definitely on the back of this one, this, this was my fourth World Cup, which I feel very proud to say that. Um, and yeah, I think the amount of people that were talking about the games when we got back, yep. and it wasn't women's football, it was just we're watching the football, football the correct. World Cup, and correct. I think that was one of the biggest moments for us. So we were really disappointed that we couldn't make that final. We felt like we had the whole nation behind us when we were playing America, but we just fell short, and obviously they went on to win it, and rightfully so. I think when you've been in football a long time, you can you can be honest and say they, they deserve to win the World Cup. I think any team that wins a World Cup uh, deserves it. But we'll give it our role. It was a 
if we had some fantastic moments, uh, quarterfinal against Norway, winning that game. And then obviously going into a, a semi-final, we really believed that we could get to that final and we really wanted to. But yeah, it was just a, another great opportunity to get women's football out there. And I feel like we've done that. And now on the back of that, we're seeing us selling out stadiums, which is amazing, really. Yeah. <laughs> So on outside of football, you do, well, outside of playing professional football, you do quite a bit of uh, coaching and yeah. uh, classes for, for younger girls to develop their football skills. Tell us a little bit about that and how you got involved in that. Yeah, the soccer camps just came about. It was an opportunity that somebody said to us. I've, I've always done coaching when I was at college. I made sure I got my level one, my level two, just to make sure that I could probably earn a little bit of money at the time. But I loved it. And then somebody gave us an opportunity. Why don't you run your own um, soccer camp? And I thought it would be a great way to kind of give back to to the girls. Maybe training that I, I didn't get specifically at that age. And I feel like, because I've had this journey, I feel like I get it. I know how the girls are feeling. And sometimes parents can put a lot of pressure on the, the children because they want them to succeed. But... I always say that my parents just let me go to football and when I got home, I didn't even have to talk about it really. And I really believe that was one of the drivers for my success, that I was just so relaxed off the pitch. So it's great to be able to do these soccer camps. I get to talk to the parents, give my opinion. I'm, I'm not saying it's always right, but I think my journey's shown that a lot of it, um, and I've had to learn along the way as well, but I can kind of teach them the lessons that I've learned a little bit quicker. But yeah, just... Um, seeing how much confidence the girls have. And I've had some of them coming to the camps now for five, six years and yeah. getting photos with them. They're getting bigger and bigger and they're, they're just loving the football. And I think the first camp I ever did, I, I got six girls come along and I was like, should I run it or not? It was nine or three, three days, which is hard with six girls. Um, but to look at the journey now, I think the last one I did, I had just under 80 girls. So I think sometimes you have to stick into things. You have to believe in what you're doing. Um, and you never know where it can take you. So, yeah, I love doing the soccer camps. I love it. <laughs> so sticking into things and staying persistent, what uh, what tips would you give people in, in the world of sport or the world of business if they, if they have a vision, they have a dream? What do they need to do to fulfil that? Yeah, I think you just have to stick at it. it it's never easy. It, it really isn't. If you get, show me someone that's reached the top without a bump in the road, then... I'd, I just it's don't rare, think it, it? it never happens. It never happens. And a lot of people, when they hit that bump in the road, they think, right, that's a sign. I'll just give up. And But you know what? It's too easy to give up. I think if you've got a dream, just keep going. And as long as you can go to bed on a night and look yourself in the mirror and think, you know what? I did everything I could, could. today. Then I think that's the mentality that I have. I, people always ask us, do you have goals? Do you have dreams? And I don't, I'd be lying if I said I sit there and say, this is my goal, this is my dream. I live day to day and I, I really believe if you do everything you can that day, be honest, be true to yourself, don't cut any corners, then I really believe you'll get there. And you know what? Some people might get there in one week, in two weeks, some might get there in 10 years, 20 years, but I do believe you'll get your just rewards. So I would say work hard. I probably wasn't the most talented growing up. Um, but I think with my passion, my hard work, my determination, which people say is easy to have, I, I disagree. I think the, the hard values to have every single day, but just keep going and I really believe you'll get there. Yeah, hard work, I think, 
is something I hear lots and lots of times. Somebody said to me, hard work beats talent yeah. every day of the week, and obviously you need both. But Yeah, well, that, that's, one, that's actually my favourite quote. There's a, a quote that I have above my seat in the changing room um, when I used to go away with England under-19s, and it would be, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard, and I, I really do believe in that. So you've had some experience on our of our products, and I guess um, healthy eating and healthy living is a big part of being a top athlete. Yeah. Um, what what of our products are your favourites? Yeah, I think there's there's been a few to be honest. There, there was one area that I looked at um, probably over the last couple of years, and it, it was recovery. I didn't feel like I was putting a lot of work into recovery, maybe because I was younger and yeah. I'd just go game from game, and I'd be looking at the next session. But as I've got older. I definitely need uh, to work on my recovery. So I've been enjoying the protein shakes. Um, and then also I've been getting a massage with the, the deep heat lotion. Yeah, I saw um, you posted something the other day. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> and a few of the girls said I need to get on that as well. But it, it seems like really small things, like getting a massage, making sure you get your protein shakes yeah. on board. But it's them um, small 1%, 2% that... It might be that last run in the last minute because you've fueled your body right after the last game and got the calories on board. Or it might be that massage stops you from cramping up in the last minute. Um, and yeah, so that's an area that I've I've really started to focus on and Forever Living's really helped us with that, obviously with the products. Um, but I've actually, aside from sport, I've really enjoyed using the, the moisturisers and, and stuff like that. I think when you're training every single day, yeah. um, there's a lot of showers and I think like you have to make sure that you keep using moisturisers and I've, I've actually really enjoyed it. So I should be looking a bit younger. I've um, been putting it on my, on my lines and stuff. You're but out in the elements a fair bit as well, aren't you? Yeah, 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 definitely. People always say look after your skin because of especially training in the sun as well. So, yeah, yeah I've been loving the Forever Living products. I really have. So you're partway through the season there, so um, obviously we wish you all the best for the rest of the season. Thank you. We've got some big games coming up and uh, we hope to see you across some of our events in the next year too and uh, we're hoping that we might be able to persuade you to do an academy for us maybe next summer for yeah. some of our FBO's kids. So, uh, Jill, it's been great talking to you today. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks.